0: Woo! Oh, yeah. shot, slam, jammer, baby! Oh. Ho, ho, ho.
1: Welcome to Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, Bulls training camp creeping up on us slowly. Media day for the Bulls will be October 2nd in Chicago. After that, the Bulls depart to Nashville, where they will have the first week of training camp at Belmont University. So, Jace, the season's getting closer. Our Christian Wood dreams have been officially extinguished, not that I ever really thought they were realistic in the first place, with sort of the last real name on the free agent market agreeing to a minimum deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. Kelly Ubre
2: Jr. erasure, my friend.
1: <laughs> oh, I forgot about Ubre. So, yeah, Uber <laughs> is still out there, too. We'll see if, uh, if he agrees to a deal before these camps start. Uh, but now we are sort of officially in, like, the... The I guess the ramp up period for training camp or the last few weeks of NBA summer vacation until the season starts. Uh, the World Cup is over once again for the second straight uh, FIBA World Cup. The USA does not finish on the podium. Prediction is correct. <laughs> they lose the fourth place or the third place game to Canada. They got knocked out in the semifinals by Dennis Schröder in Germany. They also lost to Lithuania to finish the tournament at five and three. A Total disaster. Could we have LeBron James, Steph Curry, maybe Zach Levine on the way to save Team USA? Jason, we'll see. Um, uh, and so yeah, this is just where we're at in the offseason right now, Jason. Not a ton going on, but uh, we know that the Bulls will be in Nashville, I guess. Yeah, so, so
2: apparently, there were, an at least Joe Collie wrote it this way at the Sun Times that the Nashville thing was like, oh my god, like it was there was the White Sox Nashville rumors, and people were. Put trying to put two and two together and be like, oh my god, having training the bulls are doing training camp in Nashville does that mean the white sox are moving there apparently it's the it was the bulls players' idea to do a to whatever get out of Chicago, head over to Nash Vegas for their uh <laughs> for their training camp, whatever I have like no opinion on it it's so, uh they can do whatever they want. who cares It's training camp as long as they're actually doing stuff and Hopefully maybe they'll actually work on stuff in training camp, unlike the Bears, apparently, who did nothing in training camp because they looked like the an absolute joke. Maybe we'll bring that up at the end of this pod. But uh yeah, a couple of weeks away. It's gonna probably be a dead couple of weeks here, as we mentioned here now that the World Cup is over. Uh again, there's barely there's a few players out there that could be interesting, maybe to sign. I mentioned Kelly Bray Jr., Christian Wood is gone. Uh the Christian Wood thing always seemed like it was gonna, he was gonna be a Laker. Uh, I know there was like one report from the Los Angeles times that they that mentioned the bulls as like, maybe like a dark horse team for him. And like the bulls, if they wanted to could have put in, could have given him a good offer. Uh, they had half their mid-level left of over 6 million. They have the biannual 4 million. Uh, they could have, uh, who knows if they did maybe, I mean, Christian Wood is, was like tweeting stuff about how, even before the signing about how he always want, how he wanted to be a Laker. And then after the signing, Oh, this is like a dream come true playing for the Lakers. And like, uh, Christian Wood is a very interesting player because the guy can get buckets. He puts up production, but it just seems like everywhere he goes, nobody actually likes him or wants him. Which is why he ended up signing a minimum deal for the Lakers. For the Lakers, it seems like a, it makes sense. You get another big guy who can score, stretch the floor. But their defensive infrastructure with AD uh, can probably help him out there. Uh, I don't know, like if they're going to start him at the five next to AD. Like that seems like it could be a mistake. To because uh, I think I, I don't know if it was a quote from lakers from darvin ham about like promising him big minutes probably not the best thing to do i don't know but like makes sense for the lakers on a minimum deal at that talent if it doesn't work out it's a minimum deal i think it was a two-way or two-year deal with like a player option maybe uh so like the lakers have had some success rehabbing some of these guys uh to get bigger deals shooters i believe one of them and then there was like uh i malik malik monk had an awesome season with the lakers got a nice contract out of it so uh the fit always made sense there with him and the Lakers. Not surprised the Bulls didn't get him. Who, like I said, would I have wanted the Bulls to offer Christian Wood above a minimum contract to bring him in? Like, I probably would have taken that chance just because the Bulls were so mid last year and they could use a bit more size and just a bit more scoring talent. But um, ultimately, like, I'm not crying over here that the Bulls didn't pay up for Christian Wood. And we already know the Bulls are, like, right at the luxury tax, like, maybe, like, a little over. They're really going to go into the luxury tax for Christian Wood? Probably not. So there was really never a reason to expect... Uh, them to sign him. Do um, you have any thoughts about Christian Wood and the Lakers and the Bulls not getting him?
1: Yeah, I guess just super quickly, I would have loved Christian Wood on this team. Uh, when I ranked the best free agents coming into the summer, I had Christian Wood ranked 15 out of the 75 free agents I ranked. Apparently the NBA did not agree with my evaluation <laughs> of Christian Wood because he apparently got like blackballed by the entire league. No one wanted to sign him. Uh, also, I was recently looking at the uh, ringer's, top like 125 NBA players list. I think they did it after the finals ended. Christian Wood was number 110 on that list too. So uh, clearly there's some big divide in the opinions of people in the media, maybe, and people uh, in the league on what Christian Wood's value is. Jace, I'm still really worried about the Bulls' depth. Just the fact that like Terry Taylor is the 11th man on this team, and they're basically burning roster spots. 12, 13, 14, 15 uh, seems like a pretty, pretty risky thing to do for a franchise that is sort of all in on the idea of like winning as many games as possible this year just to justify its own existence of this core. Um, So I'm, I'm going to be continue. I will continue to worry about the depth as this season approaches. Uh, someone like Christian Wood, he would have been playable for them, even if he does have his obvious warts. Uh that didn't happen the bulls were never probably really a factor to sign him so yeah it is what it is jace
2: yeah uh speaking of the end of the roster there have been some training camp signings that i'm just going to name i have known nothing about these players except like a little bit about henry Drell, who has played for windy city and has been on the summer league team but you got him you have quentin jackson you have max heidegger Ricky, do you know anything about these guys? Because I cannot say that I do. Besides, like I said, Drell has been with the organization now, I believe, for a few years.
1: Yeah, that's all I know as well.
2: They're exhibit 10 guys. They're probably not making the team. But I wanted to at least name them because they've recently added to their training camp roster. I believe they can have up to, what, 20? Or is there? Is it even higher than 20 now you could bring to training camp? Obviously, you got to cut it down. They have their guaranteed contracts basically already in place. And then they're two-way guys. Um I think it might be more than 20 because they have 15, I think, total. And then they have three two-ways and then three exhibit 10s right now. Or maybe it's 14 through there. Either way, it's 20-something. So their training camp roster is probably pretty much set at this point. Um, Like I said, it's going to be in Nashville. And it's going to be exciting for them, I guess. Moving on from the Bulls. Again, there's really just not much else going on now. The Team USA. So the FIBA World Cup. I did not watch that much, but I was following. I know people were having... A ball kind of just making fun of them after they got, they got they lost to Lithuania, the Germany game. They almost lost to Germany in like the prelim ex- exhibition games. And they did actually lose this time. Uh, Not only Dennis Schroeder, who was the FIBA MVP, Bulls legend Daniel Tice absolutely fucking destroyed them because their, their size was a problem. All tournament, Jaron Jackson Jr., defensive player of the year, exposed badly throughout this tournament, couldn't rebound, couldn't stay out of foul trouble. And you have Daniel Tice out there dropping like 21 on your head. Pretty ugly stuff for Team USA. Then they lose Canada to Canada in the third place game with Dylan Brooks scoring 39 points. That's like the a new low for USA basketball, is having Dylan Brooks go off. Even though Dylan Brooks like had a great tournament overall, just like out of nowhere. Um, uh, but yeah, Dylan Brooks roast you. They get, I mean, they give up. Over a hundred in I think what well the it the Italy game they shut them down, but uh that's three games they just get, got absolutely roasted defensively. The size was a problem. Uh again, the rebounding, just a huge problem, and just a brutal showing. And I know this this was basically like their what their C or D team. Uh and I know Steve Kerr was lamenting to you see know, like, no continuity with these guys. Like, and of course, they just didn't have the top-level stars. Their number one guy was basically Anthony Edwards, who's awesome young player, super fun. But like when he's your number one guy. Compared to like the talent they could have. Uh, just not that great. And again, we just saw their awards with the roster construction shine through. So now, <laughs> after that, we get the report immediately after this tournament ends that LeBron James wants to play in the Olympics next year for like a last dance with Team USA and that he's recruiting all the big dogs. Uh the names listed here per the athletic that he is talking to: Steph Curry, KD, AD, Tatum, Draymond, Devin Booker, Dame. Darren Fox, Kyrie Irving, um, yeah, I mean, just all basically all the Olympic big dogs. Will all of them play? I don't know. Who knows what happens with injuries over the next season and where these guys are at. I think I saw something about Chris Paul might be interested. Um, I'm I'm assuming they'd want to keep a couple of the guys from the current from this FIBA team. Like will Anthony Edwards stay? Uh, Michael Bridges listed here. I mean, he's obviously one of the better players on the team, uh, and a lot of these guys have long history of, of team USA experience. I was curious that Jimmy Butler was not on this list. Like I would think Jimmy, we know he can like slide into such a, like a good role player role, just like as a total defensive menace. And he's, uh, he's been on these teams before. Um, and you have, you just need some role players. And it's nice to, obviously if they bring all the big head honchos and all the stars, like that's great. But like, you do need some guys to do the dirty work, which I, well, I think like Jimmy would be a great pick if they're going to bring star players. Um, But I'm then curious, like if they're like Zach Levine played in the last Olympics and he like had like a role, more of a role player role where he kind of shined defensively. And he's obviously a great three point shooter. He can play off ball a bit. Um, So what do you make of LeBron's uh, basically Nick Fury slash Captain America esque Avengers assemble recruiting mission here? Do you think a lot of these guys are actually going to play? And do you think there are any bulls? I mean, I mean, it really is like Levine is the only one who probably would have an opportunity to play since he's been with, with the program before he's won a gold medal. Uh, I made a joke that Alex, like since the LeBron thing that he should recruit Alex Caruso to play and be like their 12th man and just play, be an absolute fiend defensively because all these other guys probably won't want to defend hard, that hard, or maybe they would But like, he'd be an awesome role guy to have just go crazy and go all out as a defender. But uh, what do you make of make of all this? And do you think this is actually going to come together? And will any bulls be ultimately be on this team? Jace, yes, you
1: stole my Caruso joke. I was going to say this team needs Caruso. So <laughs> will it happen? My first thought after I heard that LeBron wants to play is like, I'm sure in LeBron's head, he's viewing this as like, oh, we'll make a documentary out of it. Yeah. And it'll be, you know, my last dance with Team USA. And I'm bringing the group back together to save USA basketball before I retire and ride off into the sunset. Jason, even if they do that, Team USA could easily lose in the Olympics. Uh In the last Olympic run, they did get gold. But, you know, if Kevin Durant doesn't decide to join Team USA on that run, do they still win gold? He did so much of the heavy lifting for them throughout that gold medal run. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously, if they could bring Steph Curry and LeBron. He's never won a gold Olympic gold. So I feel like Steph's going to want to play. And if Curry's like the coach again, I think he will play as long as he's healthy. Maybe we'll see. I mean, Steph hasn't played in the Olympics for a reason, right? He's yeah. been on two, uh, world cup teams, which were then called the world championship. That's how long ago Steph, <laughs> uh, participated with the program, but the real make or break player for team USA is Joel Embiid because they yeah, obviously, yes. does. Embiid has French citizenship and, uh, you know, a- and he's able to play for the United States. So that's going to be a big recruiting battle for Embiid, uh, you know, First of all, just to get Embiid to play in the Olympics at all. And then, you know, what country is he going to play for? If Team USA can get Embiid, I'm feeling pretty good about their ch- chances of winning gold. If not, the issues they had inside in the World Cup are going to rear their head again because Team USA just doesn't have a lot of really talented American born big men. Uh, the two other names on the Bam. list that I. Don't- are going to want to see are bam Adebayo, who i believe was on the uh the last olympic gold medal team in tokyo and then anthony davis so uh you know they're going to need to get some uh some size inside because fiba's a different game the court's smaller the three-point line is shorter and there's no three in the key rule so bigs can really just plant in the paint that's why you see big men like, you know, Jonas Valanciunas and Vooch, sort of slower-footed bigs, be better in this setting. Uh, You know, Team USA needs Luka Garza or something like that, just (laughs) throw back Jaleel Okafor. Like, give me a 90s big who can't cut it in the league today because they can't defend in space. Well, there's less space to cover in FIBA. So it's possible Team USA could get creative and, like, try to get a guy you never would have thought of on this roster. Don't forget, on the uh, last gold medal roster, this included JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson, two guys who I totally forgot were on the USA roster For the gold medal runs. It is
2: interesting that they didn't play Kessler
1: more. Like, I know he's super young, but like he's huge and was awesome
2: defensively for the Jazz as a rookie. Like maybe, I mean, maybe they bring him back just to have a huge body,
1: depending on how this roster shakes out. And with a little more experience, maybe he'd get more tick. I tweeted that while watching the German Germany game in the semifinals, which the U.S. lost that Steve Kerr blew it by trying to bury uh, Walker Kessler throughout the tournament. They just needed more size. I think that Kerr wants to play five out all the time, but like FIBA is not the NBA. Yeah. Like there's different rules. The court's smaller. There's way less space. And you do need a little bit more of a physical presence on the inside. So, Jason, I took it upon myself to make the American dream team for the 2024. All playoffs. right. This is, in my opinion, the best possible team that Team USA could send uh give me your thoughts on it let me know anyone yeah. i missed anyone that uh you think should be on here starting lineup Stephen curry is your lead point guard then we have jason tatum kevin durant lebron james at 39 years old and joel Embiid. i think if lebron's on the team he's got to start yeah I sort of him is a four surrounded by shooting with durant tatum and curry and then you get Embiid inside yeah you know, that sounds good to me. (laughs) They can get those guys as the starting lineup. That would be solid. Also, that is a very old team. LeBron 39, Durant 35, Curry 36, I think, just to like start this off. Now, historically, these veterans have never wanted to play in the Olympics. Uh, It was like a big surprise when Durant pledged to play in Tokyo. So I'm very interested to see like is Steph actually going to play? In my opinion, Steph is the best American basketball player alive at the moment and getting his commitment uh, would be huge because team USA just needs a little bit more creativity, ball handling. And like, obviously Steph is such a special talent. Any team would want Steph. So uh, that's my, that's my roster. Okay. So you get 12. So that means seven bench guys. Here's my bench. Devin Booker.
2: 100%.
1: Jimmy Butler. Anthony Davis. Yes. And Adebayo. Yes. Mikhail Bridges. Okay. And then yep. there's two more spots. Damian Lillard. I feel like pretty hesitant to put Lillard on this team, but he was good. For I just know, Yeah. I just don't know if
2: you like need him. Like obviously great talent. He's still awesome. Like, do you need another guy like him when you already have like Stefan Booker there? Eh. Well, you need a backup
1: point guard, I think. So yeah, I was choosing between Lillard and Darius Garland. You would think Lillard Garland over Fox? And Fox too. Fox yes. is mentioned Garland here. Garland over Fox because of the shooting. I yeah. feel like, you know, he's just a better off ball player. And he's kind of like a more creative passer too. Like Fox is really good at scoring in the mid range, but like he's not going to have that role on Team USA. Yeah. So I'm going Lillard is my 11th Good. man the 12th man I was probably thinking Ant Edwards uh, Garland also under consideration Alex Caruso also under consideration Drew Holiday that-
2: maybe is another one I think if you want to get again defensive just rugged player to and like another point guard
1: for you also Halliburton yes
2: yeah probably- I could see them going again towards picking a couple guys at least from this the team this year just to keep them in the usa basketball pipeline keep that going
1: some continuity there could probably see that how about aaron gordon if you want another wing big wing uh who gives you some physicality inside i think aaron gordon could be pretty good for this team so he was someone i was thinking about uh and then i had a couple more names here desmond bain Okay, oh, he's listed in this athletic article evan mobley Chet Holmgren, obviously Mobley and Holmgren are young, but I think they could be pretty interesting. And In the wild card, Jason, for my 12th spot, Zion Williamson. He oh, hasn't man. played much, <laughs> but you know, he could be the face of American basketball if he hits his peak, which at this point feels harder and harder to envision every day. I'm tempted to put Zion as my final man on this roster. Uh, You know, if he can play a healthy season, he's ready to go. Let's see Zion and FIBA. I think that his ability to create space with strength, yeah, and just physicality inside could be really good for Team USA. And I guess like the things I was trying to help Team USA with here is like, all right, you need a FIBA style big man. Yeah, Bam could be really good there. AD, maybe not quite as much, but he's AD, so he's just, like, such a talented player. You kind of want to get him in there. And if MB is starting, everything falls into place. I also think they just need more creativity out of the guards. I thought Jalen Bronson was, like, kind of brutal uh, on the stretch. Like, the team just looked so much better once Halliburton than when uh, Brunson was running the show. So I was thinking a creative passer similar to either Trey Young or Darius Garland or even LaMelo Ball would be uh, pretty beneficial for this team. So yeah, Jace, I think that uh, those 12 are my roster right now.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: It's. Not on the list. He could make it though. Like, are right. you giving Zach a spot over Butler? Are you giving Zach a no. spot over Lillard? Are you giving Zach a spot over Mikhail Bridges? Are you giving Zach a spot mm, over no. uh, you know? And then like you know, I said the last spot I had Zion in there, so he could certainly get the spot over Zion. But uh, you know that you know does Zach get a spot over Anthony Edwards? Even like they're kind of similar players. you would think Yeah. At- get the spot over zach even though zach was on the gold medal team last time and uh hey the defensive stopper maybe they need yeah. <laughs> to...
2: yeah and all these guys i don't think are going to say yes like lebron can recruit them all he wants but like i don't know if they're all going to say yes so like i would think that there will there will be a little going down the line or maybe they will who fucking knows maybe they did watch this and like there's all the there's all the stuff about the world championship versus nba championship maybe these guys are all like pissed off about what's happening and they actually all do want to play Maybe I, I won't rule it out, but like, I would assume that there'll be injuries. Some guys just like won't be able to play. So we might be able to get to a point where maybe does Zach does kind of does make the team. But um, as you mentioned, though, even if they do bring all these guys, they, I don't, wouldn't call them a lock, even though like, this is a, that's a ridiculous no. team. Like we just saw Serbia without Jokic get to the final. And it was like Bogdan Bogdanovich was, it was awesome for them. Uh, and they're just their cotton again their continuity. Just they know how to play together, and they know how to play the FIBA game. And who, was they did they have jo- was Jovic on the Serbian team? Yeah, you really like him. Yeah, and then you throw Jokic on that team. Like that team is going to be sick. And like we know what happened. Like we saw Germany. Germany's got a bunch of good young players. They got all that size. Uh, they won. They went undefeated in this tournament. Some of these other teams, and will Canada is very good. And like Canada can still add Jamal Murray next year. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, Brandon uh,
1: Clark, like yeah. Got, so they like gotta, they're yeah
2: they're going to be pretty they're going to be pretty sick again as well. And then I mean France, uh, I don't know France flamed out here. But if France gets Embiid, if Embiid ends up playing for France in Paris, uh, that obviously is going to be another huge. Uh, team obstacle. They yeah, we got Wemby coming too. Yeah, And sure. Wemby. Yeah, of course. So like, that will be ridiculous. They, are they going to have, if they, like maybe, I wonder if that's why Embiid wouldn't play if that because if they're going to have Gobert, Wemby and Embiid on the same team, like that's absolutely ridiculous. And that's just a huge team that will pose major problems for the American team. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the Olympics now thinking about this even more. And some of these, like the roster for the for team USA, and then going against some of these other just loaded teams from around the world like there's international basketball has just grown so much and there's so many good players all around the world uh the whole discourse about nba versus world champions is stupid all the best players play in the nba the nba champion is essentially the world champion but the olympics gold medal will be a lot of fun we'll see how that goes um besides that yeah really nothing much else going Bullsland. i did want to bring up speaking of zach Levine, though our last podcast though we did a few weeks ago, like as we were like ending it, I saw people arguing with our guy Michael Pina. Uh he had tweeted, we know he had the stuff about like trading Zach for like Tobias Harris and crap. But then he brought up about Zach for James Harden, all the Harden stuff going on. So just Ricky, real quick,
1: would you trade Zach for James Harden? This awesome, like right now. No, no. And I really hope that the Bulls don't do a move like that because if I just feel like Zach, while he's not a number one, he's pretty good as a number two. Yeah. in the prime of his career. He's the only guy on the team who can shoot. So right. yeah, Harden can shoot, but Harden can't shoot off the catch. He can only yeah. shoot when down. He can't finish anymore on the basket. He just has so like I no want,
2: explosiveness anymore.
1: I want no part of Harden. I think that'd be a great trade for Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. I am worried about the Bulls moving on from Zach uh for not a great package soon, though. Like I would move off Zach for sure if you could get yeah. three or four good right. first round picks for him. And start a rebuild, that would be solid Uh, Of course We know the Bulls don't want to start a rebuild They're like totally in on Trying to make the playoffs every single year Even if it means that they Will never have any hope of winning a championship That's just what the organization wants to do Uh, You know, there was that Twitter account who like broke some news (laughs) For the agency Dropping dimes 20 Uh, He keeps tweeting Just the name Zach Levine which is signaling like Zach Levine's name is in trade rumors. Zach Levine could get dealt. Uh I just hope they don't trade him for like Tyler Hero or, <laughs> or The or Heat should hard.
2: want to. Like, I know the Heat will probably end up getting Dame, but like Heat should want to put that pack like a Tyler Hero and whatever their packages for Zach Levine. That'd be a great trade. Zach could be fucking awesome playing off Jimmy and Bam. That'd be so sick, but like, yeah, I don't want to like take something garbage like that and just be like, Oh yeah, Tyler Hero is like a cheaper. Kind of Zach player, but a little worse. Like, no, no, thanks.
1: (laughs) No, thanks. So, you know, Bulls, don't make a bad Zach Levine trade. You made a bad Jimmy Butler trade, and it helped put you in this position right now. The one thing you got out of that deal was Zach. Yes, Zach has his flaws. Yes, Zach makes a lot of money, but also like, uh, you know, compared to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's making $300 That's 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 fine. The the cap's going up. Really good number two options make max salaries. Yeah. So I think that the Bulls should not be looking to salary dump Zach Levine. I think that as long as Zach stays healthy, he's going to be worth his contract. And I fear that if the Bulls do make a Zach Levine trade, it will be a mistake. So I'm, I'd am i be very good with a good Zach Levine trade. Yeah, godfather Zach Levine trade. Sure, why not? I know he's not that guy, but like not still. Not even like an overwhelming one, just one where you're like, Okay, that's pretty good. Like, let's say they were to trade him to Miami. If they were to get three first-round picks from the Heat in 26, uh, which would be the pick they currently owe, the Thunder. They'd have to, like, amend the protections on that one. So if it was, like, 26, 28, and 30, all unprotected, and you get Hero out of it, I would say, yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's get three unprotected picks from Zach (laughs) Levine and uh, start a rebuild because, while I am excited for this year, I think that we both know the ceiling is not that high. And the future of the team is totally barren in terms of, you know, assets and young players to make the team better. So. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, there was – what was it? The uh,
2: Was it Hoops Hype, I think, did like a ranking of like the assets, just like trade assets or some, some type of asset, basically asset-based around the league. And I think the Bulls were dead last in that or something like that.
1: Not great. <laughs> Not great, Jace. So Bulls yeah. don't make a bad Zach Levine trade and uh if the team doesn't hit its goals this year you know like we'll see where the poor performance comes from but i just don't think it's gonna fall on zach i think it's gonna be more on just like the mix of players they have i think it's gonna be more on the coaching staff failing to optimize all the talent they have on the roster and i think it'll be less on like zach didn't live up to his contract so yeah that's all i got jace
2: yeah last thing real quick here ricky How's your dad feeling about the Chicago Bears?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't talked to him. Uh, we were texting during the game. Yes, yeah, texting- I, I saw you I tweeted said. about the text, so I just wanted you to talk about that real quick. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I would say, like, the like Bears fandom is basically like a religion in my family like when i was a kid my dad would take me to platteville wisconsin for bears training camp oh yeah (laughs) i grew up vividly remembering like the 1995 nfl draft when the bears took Rashawn salam that was the first real draft i can remember uh eric kramer was the quarterback so you know it's just like part of the fabric of the family ingrained (laughs) well My dad gets so hyped up every year. He always thinks things are going to be different in the preseason. And then as soon as the Bears fall apart, he washes his hands. He gives up. And I'm worried that he's going to give up for good this time because his expectations were very high. The Bears played like complete dog shit against the Green Bay Packers, I think it's easy to put fields under a microscope. It's easy to turn on the All-22 film and be like, well, look, he missed this throw. He missed this throw and sort of like pin it on him. But to me, it was an organizational-wide failure, starting with Ryan Poles, who could not fix... The team in the trenches, despite having the most salary cap space in the NFL, despite having, you know, a ton of draft picks, just couldn't get the team any better in the trenches. And they got dominated there against Green Bay. That was the main reason they lost, I would say. Uh, Pathetic showing from... Every aspect of the coaching staff, head coach, Matt Eberflus. What would you say you do here? <laughs> What's your defense? What do you a do? A of its be? assets into the defense. They've drafted a bunch of DBs with, you know, picks in the top 80. They have given out big contracts to off-ball Line, linebackers. linebackers. Like Edwards and TJ Edwards. Uh, And the defense still sucks. And they got dominated up front. So I'm like, Polls. I think Polls sucks. He sucks at hiring coaches. He sucks in free agency, and he sucks in the draft. Eberflus, I would just say, like, what do you do? Like, the team got penalized on the opening kickoff. Uh, The play calling was conservative and shitty on offense, and on defense, similar. They never blitzed the entire game. They were playing soft zone, which uh, Jordan Love was able to pick apart. They couldn't pressure him at all. And then... You know, it's just like there's nothing promising that you can say about the week 1 game besides for like Roshan Johnson. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Bears might have another decent young running back and they suck everywhere else. Like nothing fucking changes ever. So yeah. dude, I feel I feel like this week 2 game against Tampa like if they lose to Baker Oh, it's worse.
2: Player, We're it was... going like falling apart. They play like they go to Kansas City I think for week 3. So like they're getting absolutely fucking destroyed like so like you're you're staring on the barrel barrel of like they're going to get the number
1: one pick in Caleb Williams next year if they lose to Tampa Bay. <laughs> I hope that Caleb Williams starts his place and starts his career in a place that does not ruin know, every quarterback <laughs> in Chicago because to, if you like just I know that these guys are smart these like all twenty two analysts that uh you know chop up the tape every week but like. Maybe I'm too much of a Fields defender. Like I do feel like Fields has probably like that game was not a good game. Like no. he made us plays scenarios. Uh and I would blame the Bears for that over Justin himself because it just seems like they've sort of they just haven't developed him the right way. Like they've taken the aggression out of him. They've tried to make him into he seems a game
2: spooked by spooked by their play calling, spooked by the offensive line sucking, and it's just like and it's just like and he might naturally just like not be like the best in terms of like reads and like quick throws and stuff like that. But like it seems like he's been almost like coached to check down now. And he seems spooked by pass rush like way too often. He missed some open guys, like no doubt. Uh, but I feel like each time it was almost like because there was like a kind of like a guy in his face, and he just like is hesitant to throw the ball. It just seems like he's been totally spooked by like everything, and it's just like just not a confident passer. And just maybe he never will be. Maybe just that's just not him. But like you do watch like you watch some of that. I was watching some of these clips going around. And it is just like it's not just fields, of course. Like there's just so much wrong going on in so much all these plays. Like, and there were like a couple, there was one play that like multiple people were looking at yesterday that I was just like laughing at it. it was like they were down on the goal line like second and four and it's like literally everything was wrong about the play like cole Komet like didn't block anybody no like receiver was doing anything right there was like a terrible like rpo option then fields got, got like chased down by lucas van ness like it was so bad and then there was like another play down there like a two-point conversion like two receivers running like the same route in like the same spot it's just like what are they what did they do all training camp like what did these guys And like there were so many bad penalties and just like uh, disorganization it was just like what yeah, what would you say you do here? Coaching staff and and the play calling and so many all the screens like throwback to like the Gary Croton era and all that crap. Like, just what are you doing here? <laughs> so it was literally just like a worst case scenario performance by the team and just so disheartening. And it's like with Chicago sports, like with the Bulls being mid, the White Sox are a complete laughing stock. The bear, the the Blackhawks have been awful. At least they have kind of Bedard. The Cubs trying to hang on to a playoff spot here uh and so many people had so much hope for this bears team now in fields and like to come out like that at home against the biggest rival and like jordan love looking like pretty good against you it's just like complete kick to the nuts and brutal stuff so yeah this game is gonna be huge yeah baker mayfield and i know the bucks beat the vikings but like the vikings aren't any good either so like come back and actually show that you know what you're doing and not be like the mo- they weren't the most embarrassing team in week one obviously the giants were worse and I mean, the Bills were a pretty brutal loss after Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but yeah, show us something here in week two. yeah, because if they lose week two, like it's gonna, it could go this shit could go off the rails. So wanted to get some Bears talking here at the end. Just needed to get some, have some catharsis there and get some Bull Bears thoughts up. That's gonna do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we do here at Cash, there's so many great pods all across the Blue Wire Network. Please go check out. Um, all across the network First here at Cash please rate and review us give us those five star ratings we're on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher Google Podcasts all those good places you can follow me on Twitter or the place Formula's Twitter whatever you want to call it at Bulls underscore J follow Ricky at SPN underscore Ricky and of course uh, go follow all Ricky's great coverage at SBNation.com go check out ClutchPoints.com where I work so again that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations a Chicago Bulls podcast we will talk to you guys next time
0: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.